Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Well, hello everybody. We're back for another issue of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. We've got a uh, very good guest here today to tell us uh, some new things going on and uh, some interesting things that have happened this week. But I'm going to introduce him now. This is Dr. Daniel Stevenson. He is Extension Weed Specialist for the LSU Ag Center for the state. I'm assuming you're for the state. Yes. You cover everything. So if, if we, you cover home gardens too? No. That's no less included in everything. <laughs> so anyway. so Major row crops. Major row crops. Don't call them about your gardens. Anyway, what we're going to talk about today is dicamba. Now, he and I had a conversation, I think, a week or so ago. Dicamba has become the new Roundup. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, Dennis, to be honest with you. Um, Dicamba is nothing more than a tool. And for our growers, or really anybody, to think that spraying dicamba is going to solve all their problems or that it's the new silver bullet, they're completely wrong. The... um, in 1996-97, when Roundup Ready Crops were introduced, glyphosate was a broad-spectrum herbicide that controlled both broadleaf and grasses, annuals and perennials, and it was revolutionary. It killed everything, and we became too dependent upon it. Thus, we ended up with glyphosate-resistant weeds, which is the whole reason that the dicamba tolerant technology came out in the first place. Now, let's focus on dicamba. Dicamba does not kill grasses. Mm-hmm. The dicamba does not kill all broadleafs. And if you take a Palmer amaranth, for example, resistant to glyphosate, of course, if it's greater in size than five, six inches, it is not very effective by itself in killing that particular weed. So it is a tool. It is no different than a brand new set of wrenches in your toolbox. Well, and I think I asked you this because I looked at a field that had no pre-emerge, it was soybeans, no pre-emerge, was sprayed with dicamba, soybeans were in second trifoliant, and the tea weed was about six inches tall, and the top was turned down, and that was it. One of the worst things that we have seen with this adoption of, you know, you tank mix of glyphosate and you tank mix of dicamba, you know, Mm -hmm. both of them that you can legally do, because there's there's only four, well, there was only four, and we'll get to that in a minute, mixed with glyphosate, their weaknesses. Number one weakness is tea weed. Mm-hmm. particularly cider. Glyphosate, number one, wasn't that great on it in the first place. No. And then dicamba's not that good on it in the first place. So you take this together, it don't make it any better. Yeah. So we're just releasing it, in other words. We're not using the other products that gave us control or suppression of this particular weed, and that's why we've seen the explosion. The second weed we've seen an explosion with is barnyard grass. Mm-hmm. Barnyard grass, number one, you've got to almost hold your mouth right to kill it with glyphosate in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then the dicamba antagonizes the glyphosate's activity on the barnyard grass, so therefore it reduces the effectiveness, any effectiveness that the glyphosate would have had in the first place. So we've seen an explosion in grass species, particularly barnyard grass. So that flies in the face of it being the new Roundup, because that's not true. Well, and I know, and you've, you've been at the forefront of it and preaching it for years. I've listened to you for years preaching about resistant weeds, we have resistant ryegrass, we have uh, Palmer amaranth, Johnson Water grass, hemp, Johnson water. grass. We have, we've got a whole list. Mm-hmm. Horse and weed. You've, you've, yeah, you've preached, been preaching for this with residuals for years, and then it's all of a sudden it's just like dicamba came along and we just don't have to do anything. 
Well, um, and it's going to save us. And no, it's it's not going to save us. It's not going to save us. It's actually going to put us in a hole. There was some research out of the University of Arkansas where they took Palmer amaranth and applied lower doses than normal to three generations of Palmer amaranth, which meant they had a plant, sprayed it, it didn't die, it produced seed, then did it again, and by the third generation they used a full label rate and were unable to kill. So in the lab. They created resistant, palm, dicamba resistant palm amaranth by doing what our girl was doing now. Okay. Well, and it and really and truly based on the court ruling that came out yesterday, it's all a moot point because you can't put out dicamba anyway. So Absolutely. Tell us about it. Absolutely. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals um, vacated the labels for Extendamax, which is sold by Bayer, Ingenia, which is sold by BASF, and Fexapan, which is sold by Corteva. What that means is, is you cannot apply, you can't buy, and you can't apply Extendamax, Ingenia, or Fexapan. A lot of the growers, and a lot of people are saying, oh yeah, you can still spray it. No. Go back and read what the court said of when they, they actually mentioned farmers, called them innocent bystanders in this. And I'm not going to get into all the things that the court said as far as their argument with the EPA. Because this is an attack on the way the EPA, or they're ruling how the EPA registered, the information they had to register, they're disagreeing with that. So to the farmers out there, no. Legally, based off the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling, you cannot apply Extendamax, Ingenia, or Fexapan in your Extend cotton or soybeans in the store. So with with that in mind, and I'm going to have a little follow-up here, I'm a grower, and so I didn't put out any kind of pre-emerge, or maybe I have, maybe I did spray a little dual after uh, when I sprayed sure. my first shot of Roundup, but I've sprayed my, my dicamba. I have no broadleaf, I have no broadleaf residual out there. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Um... <clears throat> can we come in with a lay-by rig and under-spray? You, uh, yeah, you can do that, but let, we'll, we'll back up. We, we still have products that contain femepsin, such as reflex or prefix, which is dual yeah. and prefix. We have the tools. And guys, stop and think about what you did three years ago. Mm-hmm. And re- pull out your old records and look at what you did. And is it gonna be a, is your weed control going to be as successful as you're seeing with dicamba now, particularly if you're mixing the prefix and things like that into the mixture? No, because dicamba was a good tool. Mm-hmm. Made things a little easier. Right? Because it was mm-hmm. a good tool. That tool's taken away from you. So go back and look at what you did with your old tools. That's what we're going to have to do. We can be successful. It's going to be hard to catch up this year. Mm-hmm. This ruling, honestly, it was a gut punch. Yeah. To come on June June 3rd, 3rd. to drop that late in the afternoon, and all of a sudden just, just say stop. Well, we're in the prime time of spraying post-emergence herbicides in our soybeans mm-hmm. and cotton right now. So... Well, that, Without having residual. So I would advise any grower, when you go across your crop, apply a residual herbicide. And most likely it'll be a group 15. So esmetolachlor, acetochlor, pyroxysulfone. So that's dual magnum and generics. Warrant is acetochlor. And zidua, anthem, flex, and so on and so forth. That mm-hmm. contain pyroxysulfone. That's, that's the best residual bullet that you have mm-hmm. right now with your non-selectives. Okay. And for you guys that have Liberty Crops, um, you better be telling yourself, thank you, you got it. 
Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, and this, I know from riding around, riding around looking for the last several years, we, you know, there's, there's all the talk of residual weeds, residual weeds. And, and as a general rule, our growers in the Delta here have done a really good job in following your advice, putting out, they're religiously putting out residuals. Oh, if you see Palmer or you see something in a field, something happened. There was, yeah. a, there was a boom error or a sure. mixing error or something. There was something happened to cause it. You didn't see wholesale fields looking like it. You know yes. what I mean? There just wasn't. We had got them under control. And, and then now I've seen a lot this spring where we planted and you see a lot of palmer and stuff out there, a lot of broad leaves. We're going to come back with dicamba and clean it up. And that's kind of why I called you that day several weeks ago and we discussed it so but anyway so all right well i think that does that pretty well cover what yeah issue guys i mean we're in uphill battle now we were anyway even with dicambo being able to use it but we just got to be more timely we got to make sure we get out there if you've got palm ramaranth or really any weed that's two inches or less we've got a really 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 good shot at killing it Mm -hmm. If you ignore it and let it get four inches or bigger, then we then it's really harder. And if you get eight inches or bigger, I, I don't know if I can help you with a herbicide. Okay. So. Well, we'll. Uh, all right. Well, good deals. Any other? You got any other weed thoughts? Since we are in the midst of spraying for things, any other anything anything new or or odd showing up that you've seen around? Yeah. What what one of the things I've seen is a lot of cotton injury this year. Um, to herbicides mm-hmm. from residual herbicides, cotteran and other things hurting it. Um, applications of glyphosate and metolachlor hurting. One of the general mixes, which is now illegal, but a grower would apply uh, a generic glyphosate that is legal to tank mix with Ingenia mm-hmm. and then uh, metolachlor that was legal and they'd use a drift retarded agent. That's Two surfactants in there, isn't it? Two surfactants, and then, well... And and metolachlor. And so it's an EC formulation, which is an oil. The adjuvant load that's in the glyphosate, and then an oil-based drift retardant. And most of them are using the really good stuff because the the Campbell wants you to use the good stuff. And so we're seeing excessive injury on this cotton burn, and I think it's because of the adjuvant load that we have in there. Okay. Um, So that's one thing that warn growers about and just be real careful we've got a lot of injury that looks like thrips but dr c brown is telling me it is not thrips um, we looked at some cotton this morning that just a week ago looked terrible looks great right now mm-hmm. so the cool may the wet spring we had is fighting against us but i think we're going to come out of it and be okay okay good deal well that's uh if that's all you... That's it. That's it? All right. Well, thanks, Dennis. We appreciate you telling us and getting us all squared away here, and we appreciate everybody listening. Tune in next week. We'll be back with, with another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.